Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Today, in our next series, next in the series of change management, we're going to cover the cost of not doing change management or what you get because you did change management. Joining me, friends of the pod all, Amy Collins, Michael Graves, Aaron Nines. Hello, friends. How are you? Good. Brent. Good to be here. As always, it's good to have you here. So, the conversation topic is the cost of not doing change management. I bet I bet we're going to have one example here. Let's see. Michael, you got an example for me? Yes, yes, I have an example for you. So I've had a change where a company I worked for was at, a, at the high level, at the company-wide level, and then it impacted at multiple levels, from the org levels and down to the team and then down to the individuals. We had... The change wasn't really announced or communicated. And so then there was a lot of changes where people were, or a lot of people were trying to figure out the change and whether it was finding out through Slack channels or Teams channels or whatever channels, you know, I am messaging and then emails or then talking with their, their peers and then bringing it up to their leadership level. And so there was a lot of, I don't know, what do you want to... The word of like noise, like people just talking about the change that was coming so that they yeah. to find out what the truth was, because there wasn't a lot of baseline to understand where the truth was. So there was a lot of people doing the work to find where the truth was. And so that created a lot of extra noise and a lot of extra work to find out what the actual change meant for the entire levels of people from the individual all the way up. And so that created with that noise it allows people to not do the work that they need to be doing at that moment. That is the priority work because that change is hitting them sideways, right? Like it's just coming in for like, ah, I need to react. And so that delays the work that they're actually going to do. And then they have to actually plan for the change that is coming once they find out the truth of that change. So that's an interesting topic in how rumors start interfering with your actual job, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, I I have had experience where I've had this rumor of things that are going on and it's like you spend all of your try time trying to track down that change or track down that rumor to find validity because then you end up where you hear it from three different places and it's three different things and it's like it can be all time consuming, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, Amy, walk me through what that looks like. Why, you know... It's obvious to us that we want to plan for change so that we can avoid that. But give me the reasons why. Well, the uncertainty and the not knowing and the not knowing how some a change is going to impact me as an individual contributor is sure. incredibly unsettling for an individual contributor, right? They don't know how it's going to impact their job, if they have the skills to do whatever the change may be. Uh, There's no information. So um, as things go, right, whisper down the lane or whatever you want to call it, it just morphs into this huge snowball of panic for individuals, right? There's, and there's no, no basis for it. And, and, Human nature, as we were talking about before, right, is to assume the absolute worst case scenario, mm-hmm. right? 
So that just means then everybody starts to go crazy. And it's the the stirring of the pot, right? That's now it's boiling over. So so I'm not going to focus on actually getting my job done because I don't know if this change is going to impact me even having a job or being able right. to do my job. So why bother? So I'm just going to complain about it because it's more comfortable to complain or to speculate than it is to sort of set it aside and worry about it at the appropriate time and get my job done because that's what I'm paid to do. Right. So uh, avoiding all of that, right, communication, including like how a change is going to impact somebody can can alleviate all of that non-productive time that people are spending being all kinds of freaked out about a change, whether it's been launched or is potentially coming. Right. And, and that to the to the topic we're on. Right. It's. A huge loss of productivity, which costs the company significant, significant money. Yep. Aaron? Yeah, on that point of cost, uh, many times uh, these changes are cost-cutting measures, um, if you will. Sure. Um, changes that are taking, you know, either adding revenue or taking costs out of a balance sheet. Um, and they don't realize the actual soft cost that not managing them well um, will hit them. So they will then be late on delivering some of their, you know, customer facing uh, things that they were promising, uh, things like that, because people are so distracted. Um, and all the different personality types that are in the world uh, boil to the top and deal with it differently. So there's people mm -hmm. that withdraw, there's people that get very vocal. There's people that, um, you know, whisper, like you said, and stir things up. Um, there's all kinds of types. And let's not forget the game of telephone where you have one little bit of information and it goes down and, and uh, you know, three people down the line, it's not even factual anymore. And <laughs> the world's on fire. But um, it's just so wasteful rather than being transparent and upfront and communicative about changes. So I'm going to go back to the different things that we can have the rumor mill talk about, right? That change management can have an impact on. And it's one that involves people and teams and one that involves how they do their work. And it's interesting to me because they're different things. Right. But how they get treated is the same in that you have an org change and all of a sudden it's we've all been part of the rumor mill where it's like, oh, did you know that? Did you know that so and so was leaving? What? <laughs> so and so is leaving. That's like, no, so and so is taking some time off, but they heard it is that they were leaving. And then lo and behold, it turns into this big thing or it's there's a change that's coming or a change that's been announced, oh, so-and-so is leaving, but they haven't announced who that person's replacement is. Oh, did you know that so-and-so's leaving and that, you know, this person is probably gonna be the person who takes over? Oh, it shouldn't be this person, it should be this person. And you spend all of your time doing the telephone game, trying to figure out who is, you know, who's being uh, the next uh, king of the mountain or queen of the mountain. Right. And then the other one is software that changes. 
oh, well, we're not going to use program X anymore. Well, why aren't we going to use program X anymore? Well, because we're going to use program Y. Well, program Y is a piece of garbage. Well, I don't make those change. You know, I don't make that decision. This is what we're doing, right? So it's it's interesting how those two things being very different yet end up being implemented very commonly. Mm -hmm. Commonly. Is that how I really want to talk about uh, it? Okay, sure. I think so. It's, it made sense to me. Fair enough. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It, we don't actually care. Don't, you know, in, in lots of cases in the companies that I've worked for, we don't really care to think about that the differences between those two and the needs to communicate specific information about those types of changes, right? Yeah. It's sort of one size fits all. And that can't be the way that it, the way that it happens, because you want to make sure that you're communicating what's in it for everybody involved. And that's going to vary between teams, between, cha between changes, between, you know, what kind of org you're working in, all that kind of stuff needs to be needs to be done but but it all goes back to you know the rumors and all of that stuff that totally impact productivity and the execution of of our jobs so in the time that we have left i want to cover so we've talked a lot about the negative of not doing change management let's talk a little bit about how do we create the capacity to do change management what does you know how does that impact how we're doing change. Who would like to go first? Oh, I would. All right. I've had an experience previously where we had good change management. We brought it into the project at the very beginning and said we were going to allocate capacity for change management and that we were going to focus on what that change management impact would be. And it, it did evolve, like Aaron, I think mentioned earlier, it evolved our change management over time based on where we were within the project. And that change management was, since it was a focus, we did, like we said, had that advocate group where we had a group that were our liaison and they pro brought back that constant feedback. But we also had the project team that was focused that on if we needed to do a just change management, we would we would talk about it specifically. We had it allocated within the project management team for that change management to be really intentional and it became a very successful. We brought in that group that brought the feedback, but there was also resistors within that that turned into the advocates. And so really allocating change management at the beginning and having that focus enabled the project team to have a successful project as well as successful change management. Well, in the time that we have left, I want to make sure that we, is there anything else we want to talk about why we want to do it? I think one of the things that, I mean, one of the, one of the reasons that why we want to do it, right, is to be successful, right, to meet our objective of the change. That's, it comes in two parts, right, the tech side and the people side. And being aware of that is super important and drives success of the change. But the thing I think that is um, sort of makes people hesitant to think about change management is they think it's this giant thing, right? And it's going to take so many more people and so much more time, but it doesn't have to, 
right? If you know some sort of some really foundational pieces that will move the needle on the success of your project and you pay attention to that early on in the project life of the project, it doesn't have to be this big monstrosity of a thing that is going to delay the project and make your sponsor be, you know, only do these change management pieces. So it doesn't, it can be more strategic than that. And so it doesn't cost the project, right, in resources and time and all of that stuff. It doesn't have to. If you just have the folks that are, that know what they're doing and can take the, the pieces that will really influence to the positive and make that sort of a, a standard part of your projects. Right on. Aaron, thoughts? Yeah, yeah I've, um, I did have uh, two thoughts. <laughs> One <Sorry>. is <laughs> that it doesn't have to be too much time and effort and capacity. It doesn't have, it's not huge. It's the intentional work that you put into it that will just magnify and make it so much better so quickly. Um, because we see so many projects and pieces of work that have no change management, um, and they, they still make their way down the road, um, but they could have been better if they just put two hours a week into seeing where it is, sending a communication, um, getting some feedback, things like that. So we're not talking about a whole new, um, person you have to put on your team or a whole new work stream or anything like that. But just being intentional with those tasks are very important. The second point, I think that there are some strategies that we can utilize to rescue um, a project that uh, perhaps went in without any change management. Um, and maybe that's something we can have a, a topic on or something, Brent, that people can sure. look forward to. Because there's some yeah. strategies there as well. Awesome. So I also want to loop back to make sure that we're saying you know, we're talking about change management and there are people who listen to this podcast who are going to go, this is not agile. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it, it is. is. If you don't think it is, send us email, tweets, whatever, because I'm going to tell you that it is. And I think that's going to be the, hey, speaking of other episodes that we need to do, Aaron, I think it's why this is all agile. Mm -hmm. And this is yep. a this is a perfect place for us to end this iteration. So until that next time, I'm Brent. I'm Amy. I'm Aaron. And I'm Michael. Until the next iteration, you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider. Shoot us a mail at info at fasterthanstandup.com or you can find us on Twitter at Faster Standup. Thanks for listening. And that was Faster Than Standup. The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.